0: worship was awesome can I get an amen? amen that worship was awesome when we're up there worshiping it's like it's like you're in a different dimension and you're just like man in the glory of God it's a really awesome feeling and it's going to be even more awesome to hear God's word tonight amen, amen. turn around your neighbor and tell them, you look good today amen. you guys all looking good amen everybody looking good in the house of God amen let's keep our pastor in prayer um, you know, he's traveling, he's out of town, so we want to make sure that we keep him in prayer. We're all we want to support, we can support in any way, we can always support in prayer. Amen? Pastor Anthony, come on now, we got Texas in the house. Woo! Yeah. Say what's up to our brothers from Texas. Tonight I want to minister on, it's been here the whole time. It's been here the whole time. Turn around and tell somebody, "It's been here the whole time?" Oh man. It's been here the whole time. the whole time.'m I hope you follow me today. It's been here the whole time. You know that I realize that as, as uh, I've been in the ministry for a few years, and, and as I begin to reflect on my walk and I begin to look at all the experiences that I've had, I look at all the challenges that I've had, all the trials. All the success. I was talking to somebody today and I said, you know what? I find a lot of books on what to do once you've failed. But there's, you won't find a lot of stuff on what you do once you succeed. <laughs> because there's a lot to it. There's a lot to getting to a place that you've never been. There's a, lot, get, there's a lot to getting to a place that you've never been. I was looking at this video and it was talking about football players young football players that get a multi-million dollar contracts that have never really had anything before. And a lot of them go bankrupt before their career is even over. Because a lot of people know what to do once you fail, but what do you do once you succeed? Because a lot of us have never really had that weight, a lot of us have never really had that type of responsibility once you're successful. So it doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum, you're going to find out that whatever it is that you've been looking for has been there the whole time. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we come before you tonight in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your spirit, for your anointing. We just pray that your word would come forth today, dear Heavenly Father. We know that it never goes back void. We give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys have ever heard the term, the grass is greener on the other side? Right? Grass is greener on the other side. You know, that gives you the idea that you're not in the best place that you should be that there's somewhere that's better for you than the place that you're actually at. And when you hear that term that the grass is greener on the other side, especially nowadays, you can't trust that. See, I don't know if you guys got the same thing in Texas, Pastor, but here in California, I would say a good amount of of the green grass you saw is not even real. (laughs) It's not even real. It's not even grass. So that makes you wonder, is 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 it even grass that you're going for? See, some of us get deceived by the looks of what we see and what we perceive in the middle of a trial, in the middle of a situation, in the middle of a discomfort, and we begin to look at that grass over there. It could be anything. You know, when the word goes forth, you begin to fill in your blanks. I don't have to do it. You could fill in your own blanks. And you begin to examine your life and you think, you know what? It kind of does look greener on the other side. Here's something. I was telling a sister this the other day, sharing with them and saying, have you ever pursued something that you wanted so bad? Again, you fill in the blanks. You pursued something that you thought you wanted. This is what you thought you wanted. You were sure of it. You were convinced. This is what I want. And in the midst of pursuing what you want, things begin to change. Now things changed. Now you obtained the thing that you said you wanted so bad. Only to realize that it's not what you want at all. Right? Only to realize that, wow, now that I have it, this is actually not what I wanted. That what I actually had is what I really wanted. And some things change. And some things can't be changed back to the way they were. Come on, you, come on, we're going to clap. We need to clap. Because we need to really think about that. Sometimes we make decisions so quickly. And we don't even realize that it was here the whole time. Last one that I'll give you guys on the examples. Pastor Reggie has a saying that he says often. He says, you got what you wanted. But if anybody knows it, but you lost what you had. And that's a cold truth right there because you have to face it. When you make decisions like that, when you make big decisions, when you make small decisions, when you make any kind of decisions, especially concerning your salvation, your family, and those are the biggest two right there, that you got what you wanted, but you lost what you had. And that's a real tough one right there. I don't know if you guys ever heard the story. It's called Acres of Diamonds. Back in, in the, when diamonds began to be mined in Africa, there was a farmer And he began to hear about the stories of all these other farmers that were going out and mining for diamonds and just getting wealthy off this mining of diamonds. And he began to look at his own life, and he looked at his own farm, and he looked at what he was doing every day, and he says, Wow, why am I just sitting here in my little farm while everybody else is getting rich getting these diamonds? So he began to think about it, and he looked at what he had, and he began to sell everything. He sold everything. Every last thing that he had, he sold it to go pursue these diamonds. He pursued these diamonds and went bankrupt. Didn't find one diamond. Went broke. He got so out of shape and so depressed that he threw himself in a river and drowned. Another man bought his, his, uh, his farm. And he began to work where the other man left off. And just feet away, feet away, just feet away he began to find the biggest diamonds that Africa had ever seen at the time. That's the story of acres of diamonds. So, when you think about it tonight, what are you sitting on? What is in your life? Come on. There's things in your life right now that you don't even understand how valuable they are. What is it that you're looking for? What is it that you feel that you need? As a, as a person, as a man, as a woman, as a believer, as a husband or as a wife. Because sometimes we get ideas and we see the world, you know, the, this western United States, we have a lot of our ideas and our feelings and our opinions because TV. TV. I was reading about this one missionary and he went to do a, a, a mission somewhere in South America where they had no TV. It was a little a tiny little village in the mountains. They hadn't heard about anything, really. They didn't know what an iPhone was. They didn't know what Jordans were. You know? They didn't know what a Mercedes Benz was. They had no idea what any of that was. All they knew was their family and their well-being. When the, when the missionary came through, they didn't have their mind tainted by anything. That when he said, You know what, I come in the name of Jesus. And my God is a miracle working God. My God could do miracles. He could change anything. Immediately they got onto it. They said, I have a need. I need some of that, God. Amen. See, sometimes right now we think when we have a need or an emptiness or a void. Man, maybe I need a you know, maybe I need a Mercedes. Maybe if I had a Mercedes, I can get me something. Man, maybe if I had more money, money, man, money, if I just had more money, these problems would be solved. Same human beings, same creator, completely different opinions. It's okay, I flipped the wrong way. No problem, you guys bear with me here. It's the problem with these notebooks that flip up, you never know which way you're going, you know? Or maybe just me, but the ones that flip side to side, I mean, you're good, it's just like a book, you know? I just went back to the beginning twice. It's all good, amen? Turn your Bibles to the book of Job, chapter 8, verse number 7. And that's going to be our scripture for tonight. Job, chapter 8, verse number 7. It's a really awesome scripture. A lot of you guys might know it. If you don't, you're going to know it tonight. And if you don't have a promise from God take this promise right here because we need to have a word we need to have a word you need to have a promise from God because when things get hard when things get begin to change we're always inclined to lean on something everybody does it doesn't matter whether you think about it or not when things get hard you begin to lean and incline on something that you're going to trust and depend on to get you through through whatever you're going through and see me myself I come from the men's home I'm homegrown. Uh, Come on, I love it. I express it. That's the pride of my life, knowing that I came from the men's home. But knowing that, also knowing that I come with a lot of crutches. I began with a lot of crutches. When things get hard, I I was a runner. I'll run quick. I don't like to deal with anything back in the days. I'll just literally about face and you won't see me for a good week, maybe two. And that's what I do. Alcohol drugs, this, that, everything else that you can possibly think of to not deal with the reality. Amen? So if you don't have something that you hold on to, if you don't have something that you lean on, if you don't have something that you can grab and you know you're going to be safe and you know you're going to be positive and you know you're going to be in the Word of God, this is something for you. This is what the Scripture says. Your beginnings will seem humble. Though your beginnings sometimes are small, the end, the latter, will be great and increasing. Can I get an amen? And that's something that we need to have. We need to have that thought. We need to have that Word of God to be first, to be something that we hold on to because sometimes we look at our circumstance and it looks so small. We look at our situation and it seems so insignificant. And we don't realize that God has to begin somewhere. If he's going to take you to a great place, he has to begin somewhere. And all we have is something small. It doesn't matter. Come on. If you have two fish and five loaves and you have thousands and thousands in front of you. God says, don't trip. Give me those two fish and give me those five loaves. Watch me hook up a spread here and drop it like it's hot. Come on. See, it doesn't matter sometimes what we have. It doesn't matter how small it is. God says, man, if you're just willing to give it to me. Watch what I can produce out of that. Nothing. If you only knew what it is that you had, you have something that's going to be a miracle, and you think it's not enough to even bring it forth. Sometimes we have that. We have something that just seems like, why? Why even care? Why even bother? Why even bother with this thing that I have in my life because it's all I have left, but it's nothing. God says, man, if you only knew what I can do with that that you have. Come on. You know, this word tonight, it's, it's very significant and very meaningful to me because you never think that as you get farther along in your walk that you're going to have some challenges that seem, I don't, you don't understand. You would think that somehow you'd be past a certain thing or you'd be, you know, not to say above anything because, you know, that, that's not how we approach things, but man, you know, and you get challenged by it. But we need to be challenged as people. We need to be challenged as believers because the Bible calls us to prove ourselves. And it says in every man's work will be tested by fire. By fire, come on. By fire. And it doesn't matter what the fire brings because you can rest assured that the fire is going to purify. Oh, come on. I mean, you guys could bear witness that the beginning of something is always a little bit rough. The beginning of something is always a little bit rough. You make some mistakes. You overcome them. You gain some experience. You get better. Now you're qualified. Now you earned it. Feel great. The beginning of everything is always a little bit rough. The beginning of a new job. Oh, man, the beginning of a new job. Everybody knows that you're new. Everybody begins to mess with you and tell you things that don't even exist. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, right? For the homes we work at Honey Baked Ham, Uh, if you guys don't know Honey Baked Ham, they they make hams, and most people get them for the holiday, and they're just ridiculously good. And so we're at Honey Baked Ham, and there's a new person, right, new brother in the home. And I heard the funniest one, I mean, I don't even know how this brother fell for it. He said, hey, brother, could you go get the ham bone stretcher? And I looked at I like, wow, Uh, who's going to fall for that? Brother wants to be obedient, man, he's going for it. He's looking for something that's going to stretch a ham bone. comes back five minutes later, I could not find the hand bone stretcher. <laughs> right? Because you're new. You're going to fall for the hand bone stretcher. How many guys, when you're new, you fell for the dumbest thing the devil put right in front of you? I mean, it was the dumbest thing you're like, "My goodness, man, how did I fall for that? Because the beginning is small, but you make some mistakes. And you're willing to deal with those mistakes. And you're willing to confront them and overcome them. You gain some experience. Come on. You gain some experience. The devil comes around and tells you to go get the ham bone stretcher. You're going to be like, ha! There's no such thing as a ham bone stretcher. Devil, you're a liar. I'm going to stand firm in the Word of God. I'm going to stand firm in the church. I'm not going to leave the home. I'm definitely not going to leave the home. Because, devil, you're a liar. You gain some experience. Everything gets better. Sports, salvation, your ministry, your marriage, everything begins small. But the word of God says, though it begins small and sometimes it seems insignificant, sometimes you think it's, it's nothing. He goes, you're going to see that later on it's going to increase and it's going to be much greater than you ever thought. Come on. That's something worth clapping for right there. See, went in the right direction. God's good. First point tonight is, is this, is you're right where you should be. You're right where you should be. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, you're right where you should be. Because sometimes the most significant things, we're ready to second guess when we're going through a trial. And we begin to think that we're in the wrong place. You begin to think that you're not where you should be, or maybe you made a mistake, or maybe it's not what you thought. And all these different things begin to come forth out of out of, a, out of a carnal thought. And you begin to second guess what at first you were sure that it was from God. What happened? Going through a little trial? Maybe. But that's all it is. It's a trial. You're right where you should be. And we have, come on, clap for that one. We have to confirm that in our heart. We have to be settled in that. That you know what? You're right where you should be. Brother in the home, man, you're right where you should be. And some of you guys are bearing witness to that. Come on, we got some good testimonies this week from brothers in the home. Things that should not have took place began to take place. Come on, testimonies in the courtroom that should not have happened, happened. Why? Why? Because you're right where you should be. You're right where you should be. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. Philippians 1 verse 6 is. is, everybody there? Amen. Be confident, come on, being confident in this, that he who began a good work come on. Yeah. in you, come on, how many of you guys can say God has begun a good work in you? I know that God has begun a good work in me. Like the old saying says, you know what? I might not be everything I should be, but I know I'm not what I was. Why? Because I know that God has begun a good work in me. And regardless of what it is that I go through, if I stick it out, God is faithful. God is faithful to complete it. Man, look at the thing that you've begun. God is faithful to complete it. Look at the place that you're at. God is faithful to complete it. Look at the people that you have in your life. God is faithful to complete it. Why do we feel that God that, that, that sometimes it won't be completed? Because sometimes we stray a little bit from the things of God. Sometimes we stray a little bit from where we should be. You think about the, the greatest times in your walk and in your faith. And there's a, a few things that are going on in everybody's life in those great times of faith. One, you were praying. In those awesome times, you were praying. In those awesome times in the Lord, you were in your word. In those great and powerful times of your life, you came to church. In those awesome, powerful times in your life, you took your pastor's counsel. So there is a couple of things that you do do while being in, in your great parts of your walk of God. There is some things that are taking place. Think about some times where you weren't doing that great. I wasn't praying. I wasn't in the word of God. Complained about everything. Any complainers here? As soon as something don't go my way. Man, believe me. I'm calling corporate everything. Somebody's going to fix this problem. Right? See, the thing you guys got to know is this. Check this out. We're not given problems to find our purpose. We're not giving problems to find our purpose. Even Jesus said, man, in this world you will have trials of many kind, but don't worry when you go through trials because I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus said. I came to figure out one time uh, a while back ago that whatever I need, if I have Jesus, I have that. What did he tell Moses? Moses says, man, Jesus, I'm tripping. I don't even know what I'm going to say. Who am I going to say sent me? And he says, I am that. I am that. Come on. What do you need right now? Do you need confidence? Jesus is man, I am that. Do you need power? Jesus is saying, I am that. Do you need peace? I am that. This is and believe that I am. Come on. And believe that I am. Sometimes we stray away from those things. Pastor you said it not too long ago. The thing that I should have done first, I did last. The thing that I should have done first, I know it. That's the thing that I did last. And everybody finds themselves at that place. Doesn't matter how long you're saved or what, uh, what you've, you know, gone through and experienced and victories and past victories. Sometimes we're there. The thing that I should have done first, I did last. Come on. We're not given problems to find purpose, but we are given promises to find purpose. Can I get an amen on that one? I walk around a lot. I know I do. It looks like you guys are watching a game of tennis right now. I just hear everybody's heads back and forth and back and forth. I try to stop. I be, believe me, I try really hard. We're not given problems to find our purpose. Sometimes we are, we're in the midst of our problems, and we're sitting there trying to find purpose in the problem. When we're given promises to find purpose. Our problem's going to let me see nothing but the problem. And the more I look at the problem, the more the problem overwhelms me. And the more I get overwhelmed, the more I worry about the problem. And I just stay stuck in the problem. But when I begin to look at the promise, and see though right now at the beginning of whatever I'm at, seems small, seems difficult and insignificant, I know for a fact that the end of this is going to be so good. That the end of this is going to be so much greater than I could ever know. Why? Because right now I'm at the beginning. And I know for a fact that he who begun a good work is faithful. He is so faithful. Come on. The book of Romans, chapter number four, verse number 20 and 21 says this Romans chapter four, verse 20 and 21. It's talking about Abraham right now. And Abraham was given a promise, but Abraham had a problem. He was given a promise but he had a problem. He was told that he would be the father of many nations. But his wife was barren. She could not have child. So he had a promise but he had a problem. And he inclined more to the promise than to the problem. And when we look at verse 20 it says this. It says Yet he did not waver in unbelief because of the problem. Yet he did not waver in unbelief regarding the promise of God. But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Come on. How you guys know we need to give glory to God all the time? He deserves the glory, man. Man, I feel terrible sometimes when I'm going through something and God gets no glory. God got no glory out of that because of me. What I said, what I did, no glory. Abraham is the example here. He says, you know what? Not being weakened because of the problem, but was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to fulfill what he promised. Come on, that's something worth getting excited for, man. God had the power to do what he promised. That's something that we need to have confidence in, man, because sometimes in the midst of your problem there, I mean, it has a way of just drowning you of every confidence. But when you think about God and his promise and he's faithful and though he began a good work and the beginning of the work seems kind of shaky. We can have confidence that he is going to do what he said and we're going to experience. The latter increasing greatness, come on. Here's a point that I want you guys to trip out on. I kind of tripped out on it. I didn't really know how to word it, but I worded it how it did. We could learn a lot from the devil. We could learn a lot from the devil. Check this out. I know you're like saying, well, Brother Lazo, you're tripping for sure now. But John chapter 10 verse 10 says the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he works his purpose. Are you working your purpose? Are you working your purpose? Check this out. I know it sounded kind of weird even when I was writing it. I was like, man, but I'm going to explain it. Believe me. One is that he works his purpose. Everything and everything he does revolves around thinking, how can I accomplish my purpose? How can I get her to trip? How can I get him to trip? How much of your thoughts and your time is devoted to your purpose in the midst of your trial? That's all he does is think, how can I trip him out? How can I put a stumbling block before him? How can I put a stumbling block before her? How can I make him trip? And everything he does, every minute and every hour of every day, is just trying to work his purpose. He spares no expense. And he has no excuses to fulfill his purpose. Sometimes I have so much excuses on why, I can't do the right thing. Can I get a name? Anybody here? I mean, why I can't do the right thing? I know it's the right thing to do. I know for a fact that it's the right thing to do. But I have so many excuses why. Okay, wrong way again. Sorry. He never stops. Devil never stops. How many of you guys have ever stopped because of something you're going through? Shame that devil. Come on. He never stops. So the one person that is working against the the promise of God is doing a lot more than we are. I found through this message so much about myself. Because before you got to understand this, you got to understand this. Before it goes out, it comes in. It's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. And before it goes out, man, I I have to sit here and hear it and feel it and examine my life and receive it before it can ever go out. And check this out. And I'm going to be closing with this. This is the biggest part where people fail. This is the biggest part where believers fail. Whoever you are, fill in the blank. Of your husband this is the biggest part where husbands fail. If you're a wife, this is the biggest part where wives fail. This is the part where marriages fail. This is the part where believers fall short. And this is something that the devil never stops. This is the biggest part where people fail. It's failing to keep consistency in our commitment to our purpose. Come on. That's heavy right there. Failing to keep commitment. Commitment. Sorry, failing to keep consistency in our commitment to our purpose. What's our purpose? What's our purpose tonight? Think of your purpose. Because the only time we're not happy is when we're not fulfilling our purpose. The only time we're not happy and satisfied is when we're not doing what God has called us to do. The only time I'm not happy is when I'm not being who I'm called to be. And it's because I lose my consistency. Right? One day without praying, two days without praying, lost my consistency. Lost my consistency, there's no commitment. There's no commitment. I'm not fulfilling purpose. Can I get an amen? I'm not fulfilling purpose anymore. I feel empty tonight I want us to think to think of what it is that you have in your life that you've been second-guessing believe me it's that that's where it's at the grass is not greener on the other side that grass is fake and it still gets peed on by dogs believe me it's not greener on the other side it is not you could be ready to walk away from the biggest diamond you could ever imagine you could be ready to forfeit so much and all it requires is for you to be consistent again to your commitment to who you are it's to come back to that place because you're not feeling purpose because you have no commitment and you have no commitment because you lost your consistency in who you're supposed to be and sometimes it's hard to come to that place and say man God I know where it's at. And when you begin to realize where it's at, man, you realize, man, you're right where you should be. You're right where you should be. And what you have is more valuable than what you're ready to chase. Let's go ahead and stand tonight. Let's go ahead and stand tonight because this is a very real place that we find ourselves often. And the very same thing that dies, come on. The resurrection. Imagine the disciples putting all their hope in Jesus. I am the bread of life. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the resurrection. I am the power. I am the Son of God. And coming to a place, now they see him on the cross. Man, this situation, this hope, this thing that I had is is dead. It's as good as dead. When you see somebody carrying their cross, that's it. There's no way around it. They're dead. And looking at their situation and saying, man, I gave up everything for this and now it's gone. It's dead. Not knowing that that very thing is going to raise up on the third day. Come on, with power. With the power of God. The resurrection power. The greatest thing that the earth is ever going to see and will ever see is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The greatest thing this world will ever see is that couple that's going to rise up. The greatest thing this world will ever see is that man that's right there in the home, that is right there in that chair. Rise up in power. Rise up in resurrection power. What do you have right now that you're doubting? I guarantee you it can raise up in power. I guarantee you that he who promised is faithful. What do you have right now that seems dead? Maybe you've never even said it, but in your heart, you're already straying away from it. You're already thinking other things. You're, man, you might be even planning things. Stop it right there because that thing has power. As soon as it rises up, it's never going to die again. Never will it die again. Give it the chance it needs because you're right where you should be. Just like the title says, It was here the whole time. Yes, it was there the whole time. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in a place in your life right now where you don't know any of this. All you know is when something's gone, it's gone. Once it's done, it's done. I'm telling you right now, it's not. There is someone who could make new out of anything doesn't matter what you've been through and what you've done. God loves you. And if you've never received the forgiveness, the most beautiful thing I ever felt in my whole life was the day I felt forgiven. Was the day that I came to Jesus, man. And everything bad that I've ever done that weighed me down so much was gone. Just like that. Through the love of God. You could raise your hand tonight and feel that very same thing tonight. Amen. If you have something in your life that is so meaningful and so significant. And you feel that it's dying. It's not. Come back to your purpose. Come back to being who God has called you to be. Come back to that passion and that zeal where once you gave yourself over completely to that. I want us to come tonight. These altars are open. Come tonight. Come tonight and pick up purpose again. Come tonight and pick up commitment again tonight. Come tonight and pick up consistency tonight. Man, some of us, I know myself, I could become so inconsistent that I'm only deceiving myself when I'm wondering why things are going the way they are. Come back and get some consistency because that consistency will lead you to purpose and that purpose will lead you to man just feeling the power of God. And there ain't nothing like the power of God. Come on.